Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. Which one's click and which one's clack? He is. <laughs> and Tori. Hello, Internet. We started for a week with good thing. So, Craig. Yeah. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Um, guys, I went down the, the nostalgia rabbit hole this this uh, past week. And I want to tell you guys about this good thing. It is a web series from, I think, 2008 and 2009. Um, surprisingly, it seems to hold up. I... It's it's hard for me to say. It's it's about um, living in a college dorm. Uh, it actually is a mockumentary, a la The Office, if you guys might have heard of it. Um, it I, I think it actually came out roughly at the same time. But it follows the freshman year of uh, these kids going to the dorm, um, interacting with each other. And it is so wholesome, guys. Like, it is fun. It is wholesome. I think it's still good. Like I did a complete rewatch. It's it's not very long. Um, it's about the length of maybe two movies total because they did two two quote unquote seasons. Um, it's called Dorm Life. If you just do a, a search on YouTube for Dorm Life, you will see it because they still have the channel and everything. I actually actually I bought the DVDs when they released it because I had to throw money their way. But it's it's so fun. It's like I said, it and, and you might not have went to college or you might not be that interested. But like I said, they did a great job at making a wholesome like story and everything about it. College, and, no less. And here here will help sell sell it to you. It features one of the actors is Sokka from Avatar The Last Airbender. He's on it. Um, Back to Cena? Yeah, uh, he, he's like one of the best characters on there, too. He He's really good. Um He's super lovable. And then there's also this other girl who I don't know what else she's in. I've seen her on the last season of The Office. Uh, she's the one who like was some farm girl who's going to get married to Dwight. But like that fell apart. Like she is in this series as well. I can't find any of the others. I don't know if they continued into acting or not. Uh, they don't have a Wikipedia page or anything. So I don't think they did. Um, but uh, it was a bunch of students from UCLA. Uh, they they you figure it out. Like people have determined where it is, but they sort of blank that out. But like I said, it follows the freshman year. There's antics. Um, it's it's all like it's all acted and everything. It's a mockumentary, but it's just it's so much fun, guys. Like I'm watching this. I'm like, you know what? This is really good. And there's a bunch of series that came out in the late 2000s, which do not hold up like they do not age well. This aged well, like I think it still works. Um I don't know how much it applies to people going to college now, so give it a watch. Let us know. Uh, but yeah, check it out. It's it's a lot of fun. And like I said, it's only like maybe four hours total. Like you you can watch the first season. If you like it, you watch the rest. First season's like an hour long. Cool. Uh, Dave, what's your good thing? Mm, I put this one on uh, a list a while back, uh, and I guess may as well bring it up now. My good thing this week is Carol King. The singer, she did that jazz man song and uh, it's too late baby song and a bunch of other stuff. You know, just solid like folksy singer lady. 
Oh, she did. I feel the earth move too. Yeah, she did more stuff than I realized she did. I was uh, first. Uh, she was first brought to my attention because of the song Jazz Man, which was on The Simpsons. It's a really good one. Well, if she's got Earth covered, what about Wind and Fire? Um, that's a different it's band. Really... Okay. I think Dave's done. Are you done, Dave? Oh, I guess, yeah. yeah no, I don't, have any, I don't know anything else about her. I thought maybe you guys might have heard of her. Nope. Sorry. Not even Tori? I mean, I might have if I heard her. Yeah. I don't music, so I wouldn't know. She invented the uh, Nerf gun. No, no. <laughs> that was my previous good thing. No, that was the Super Soaker. That is true. Yeah, it was the Super Soaker. All right. Uh, so my good thing this week is a Slay the Spire mod called Downfall, uh, which is a really extensive mod of the game. Um, it adds eight new playable characters. Uh, one in the like traditional gameplay where you climb the spire, and then seven in an alternate gameplay style where you start at the top of each act and work your way down, uh, where you play as the villains, the bosses. Wow, really? That's sort of neat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I've been playing that for a couple of days now, and it's... I have heard about that. I, I remember I played as the... Uh... Shaq as the Guardian. I did a run as the Guardian one time. I, I did play that mod once. I think it was like a it was like a multiplayer thing, so it was actually uh, starting from the bottom and going up. But um, yeah, it did sound familiar when you mentioned it. We started at the bottom. Now we here. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a it's a new way to play Spire. So if you've gotten a little, I don't know, burnt out by the by the base game, you know, it's new stuff. So. If you like Slay the Spire and you own Slay the Spire, try out Downfall. It's available through can, Steam. Can one get this mod on other versions such as Switch and mobile? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I, I played a Hollow Knight mod of Slay the Spire once, too. That was pretty rad. I, I want to say it's still pretty hard to do, like, console modding, d despite, you know, technology advancing. But PC modding is always going to be the easiest in the first. So, Tori, what's your good thing this week? So I saw the new version of Cyrano, and I liked it. It wasn't what I wanted it to be, but it was still good. So if you're not familiar, Cyrano de Bergerac is a play by Edmond Rostand, um, which is kind of, you know, he was a famous playwright in France many, many years ago. He's like the French version of Shakespeare, uh, did all of the, you know, the classic sort of plays that you have to study in, in literature class. And Cyrano de Bergerac is the story of a, a warrior poet who, um, in the original version, has a very long nose, um, and he's very self-conscious about it. He feels like it makes him hideous and deformed, and like everybody else makes comments to that effect as well. He's in love with Roxanne. Roxanne is in love with Christian. Uh, Christian is an, a beautiful idiot, and uh, so Cyrano tells Christian, okay, I'm going to write letters, you're going to sign them, and she's going to fall in love with us. Like, you know, with your your beauty and my brains, we are the perfect man. And uh, and so it's a romantic play. Uh, there's a great film version of it from the 90s uh, with Gerard Depardieu as uh, the title character. 
Um, and I really wanted this new version starring Peter Dinklage to just be an English language remake of that. That's what I wanted. Like even having Cyrano just be a dwarf rather than having a facial deformity. I was like, Peter Dinklage can do this because he can do no wrong. And I was there for it. And then the first musical number started and guys, it's a musical. It's a musical. Why is it a musical? I don't know, but Wait, so this I, just makes me want to watch it more. Well, it was very, it was pretty. It just wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted. And a couple of the songs are like, you know what? I'm going to download this song, but uh, it wasn't what I wanted. Um, but it was good and it was worth a watch. And uh, they they did the, like, all of the songs kind of lead into each other. Like it's just one long continuous thing with dialogue in between and like, um, and the costumes are gorgeous and uh, Peter Dinklage is amazing and the story is still there. And the bits that are just a direct translation are really well done. I, I feel like it's really well done. This was a, apparently there, it was a stage play, not a musical. But the uh, stage play was adapted by Peter Dinklage's wife, uh, like specifically for him to have the title role. And he did such a good job. And then when they made it into a movie, they made it a musical. I I don't know what the thought process was there, but um, yeah, it was it was good. I did enjoy it and I do recommend it. Y'all, the perfect version of this story already exists. It was made in 1987. And it stars um, Steve Martin. Roxanne. Um, is this on a streaming service or something? I don't think so. I picked up the DVD from the library. It just came out recently. But I'm sure it will be streaming somewhere eventually. So, like, look into that. Did it lose a bunch of money? Because that's usually a good guide that it'll show up in streams real quick. <laughs> I honestly have no idea. Okay. Uh, Dave? I think it's time oh, for you to do good things. Yeah, um, I'm going to talk about, since you guys didn't say much about Carol King, uh, I'm going to talk about Terraria again. That was a pretty popular one. Um, it's a game where you Terraria some uh, monsters. Quick question about Terraria. Uh, mm-hmm. In that game, at any point, does Chapter 82, The Girl Who Stood Up? Yeah, that that happened. Um, so, you know, it's just segue smoothly into the chapters, um, Terraria and, yeah, cause, uh, cause you can build walls in Terraria guys. Yeah. and you could build up to the heavens and die to harpies and wyverns. Guys, uh, you didn't up? tell me I had the wrong chapters up. <laughs> oh man. The one time that you were supposed to play Terraria to for the episode and what did you do all day? You raced the link to the past in between sessions of Terraria. All right, uh, let's talk about Oathbringer, chapters 82 through 87 by Colonel Sanderson. Chapter 82, The Girl Who Stood Up. Shalon sure has killed a lot of people, both directly and indirectly. Shiny wit. Holodeck. You gotta like Shalon before you can like Vale. Aw, Adolin waited up for Shalon. Of course, Dreamy Kaladin is probably the wall guard's leader by now, haha. <laughs> There are inside walls that need to be guarded. So Shalon uh, wakes up in a ditch, uh, and Wit's like, "Hey, you want to you want to hear that story that you heard? 
And she's like, I already told that story back in chapter 43. And it's like, nah, but she missed the best part. So they uh, do the story with the girl who climbs the wall. Um, and there was some point to it, but it wasn't allowed to have a point because Wit thinks art is pointless. Uh, so they do the whole holodeck thing. And at the end of the day, Wit's like, you got to be Shallan before you can be fake Shallan. And, you know, maybe they killed those people, but you just got to move on. And uh, she she gives back, and Adolin was waiting up for her at the tailor shop. And then Kaladin shows up, and he's like, "It's uh, I got. We're ready to fight. Go get that oath gate." Um, because he he gathers the wall guard, and they've been guarding the walls that lead out from the city. But there's also indoor walls uh, that also need to be guarded. So they're gonna go guard the the, the walls inside the palace now. And that's the end of chapter eighty two. Any questions? What do you think the point was? Uh, I mean, Wit told the story, so, you know, he's he's trying to teach a lesson without teaching a lesson. But I, mean, I think he wanted Shalana to understand that uh, she needs to be, like, true to herself and stuff. Wit, traditionally in these books, has been a way for Brandon to uh, basically talk directly to the audience. So what do you think he's trying to say here? Oh, yeah. So he's like, guys, sorry. Sorry if you didn't, uh, like, the, sorry I'm taking so long to write Rhythm of War. I've got no. a whole kind of a yeah. short story cooking up. Don't worry about it. Everyone is always surprised at how fast he pumped this, pumps this out. <laughs> there, there's uh, a there's a skit that's on uh, Daniel Green, I think, on his his YouTube page. Where it's basically, he acts out Brandon Sanderson, and it's always this guy who just, no matter what he's doing, he's just writing stories. And he's publishing while they're having a conversation. The guy takes his laptop away, and he and the Sanderson stand-in takes out his phone and writes on there, too. Because you can't stop Brandon. He doesn't stop. He's like, okay, so then the point of the story must be like, Sorry, I didn't write Warbreaker 2, you guys. I'm working on Miss Porn 6.3. Sorry, I'm never going to write Rhythmatist 2. All right. What do you think he was saying to the audience? Um, I mean, the art has to be pointless bit, I think, is, is pretty crucial there, right? If I understood that, I'd probably disagree with it. All right. Let's pretend you did understand it. In what way do you disagree? What do you mean it's pointless? I don't understand... Like, it doesn't serve a function, but it serves the function of helping us to reflect on ourselves. Yeah, but that's not a real function. A mirror could do that. Okay, well... Are you going to say that a mirror is art, Dave? Mirrors are art? Come on. No, like, the mirror itself serves a function, but, like, the little frilly, froofy stuff around the mirror is art. Yeah, that's the point Hoyt is making, is, like, you can apply art to something that serves a function. It doesn't help it serve the function better. The point of art is to be art. So what's a what's a novel? It's like, a, a it's a bunch of words put together on pages, but that's not important right now, Dave. Is a novel art? Is it part art? It's a room at the front of the pa- the plane where the pilots sit, but that's not important right that's now. That's a that's a that's a, called a cabin. That's called a pilot. That's called a cockpit. So there's this bit. I think it was on Futurama, or maybe it was in like uh, I think it was in Futurama where they were like. You know, the the fantasy, maybe it was in Phineas and Ferb. 
uh, where they talk about how fantasy serves the function of uh, helping us understand humanity better. Though, you know, though like Oathbringer is uh, is completely fictional, it helps us to understand our own real human history and emotions and things like that. So what part of a book could one say? So that's a function. So is a book just not art or video oh, games it, art? If it says those things directly, then then no, it's not art. As soon as you, you know, soup up the words and get yourself some nice dialogue and characters in there. Then, then you've got art holding up the purpose, but the art and the purpose are still separate. But if the art's holding something, if art is holding something up, then it's already serving a function. It, the function of holding up a moral or what have you. Oh no, we have regressive functions. Craig, you're a programmer. Get us out of this. Mm-hmm. I think you mean recursive. <laughs> yeah. But okay. I may have meant just that. throw an error. It'll it'll get itself Whatever. out. They're basically the same word, right? Yeah, basically. Recursive means like uh, repeating back from the start. Well, not necessarily from the start. What's interesting is like if you look at a like a puzzle like uh, Towers of Hanoi, that's like or Hanoi. I don't know how to say it, but you can I solve say that Hanoi, with a recursive. So that's probably wrong. I'm definitely. I'm sure it's two syllables. I w- if it's like closer to Asian, I don't know what it, 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 it would be. Hanoi. But anyway, uh, that's a recursive function, but n is always changing with each recursion. So it's like that—that that would be a recursive function. Like you move, you move the, like the the five pieces, then you move the four pieces, then you go and so forth, and then you move the one piece, and then you have to fight two swords because there's three pegs in the puzzle. You know. Oh no, so... now we're talking about one piece. <laughs> How about if we just move on to chapter eighty-three? All right. Chapter eight, but anyway, regression means like going backward. Recursion means repeating. All right, so eighty-three crimson to break honors drop. Are the gem drawers actually toilets? Craig, answer. Legit question. What? Ask the question again. I don't. I don't see where are the are. gem oh. drawers actually toilets? Because they find honors droppings in there. Oh. Yeah, nickname I, I see. Okay, I'm reading it now. As the duly appointed keepers of the perfect gems, we have the else callers have taken shard, the boy. burden of protecting the ruby nickname Honors Drop. It does not mean Honors Poopy. <laughs> Why not? It could be. Does say it's still poop? <laughs> maybe. Hey, this... maybe. maybe. Yeah, like is. maybe shards poop rubies. I mean, the, there's there's the ogre in Final Fantasy. He eats rubies. It, he probably doesn't process it all. So you poop what you eat, right? Undertale reference. Where are we going to get chicken at this hour? Coloss attack. Wait, Adolin heard Spren scream? He's a freaking skybreaker, isn't he? Adolin and Elokar. Have fun storming the palace. The guard traded the evil queen. Dreamy Kaladin beat them to the eastern rostrum. More stuff. They get there. Take it, Craig. (laughs) Good luck. I'm passing this to someone else because I didn't read the chapters this week. I did read the chapters this week. Hey, good luck. Uh, Tori? So some fighting happens? That's it for chapter 83. Uh, Apparently... Dave, can you translate for Tori, translating for me, translating for Craig, not knowing what your bullet points mean? 
Wait, sorry. So the Undertale reference, of course, has to do with determination. Uh, the chicken is part of Adolin's pre-duel routine. Uh, you know, he doesn't have his mom's locket or whatever, but he also didn't eat chicken, I'm assuming, because it's kind of, he's been up all night, and now they suddenly have to attack, and where is he going to get the chicken? And then the Kolos attack uh, while they're storming the palace, and then uh, Adolin kind of hears some kind of weird scream, or he says he hears a sprint scream. Maybe it had something to do with the unmade or something to do with the Kolos attacking. No, no, he says everybody else hears the spren screaming when they pick up the dead shard blades. Yeah, this was a different sentence. I thought he also heard something, but, you know, I think he'd be a pretty good candidate for Nail's group. What do you guys think? Just as I thought. All right, Tori, and tell Mike that this is uh, Have Fun Storming the Palace. Wait, I just that's realized a, I was muted. I'm sorry, that's Dave. It's a Princess Bride reference. Oh, hold on, hold on, I want to go back. So you think Adolin would be a skybreaker? If he... Adolin, who dis- who killed Thaddeus in the eye by himself without a trial, you think he would be a skybreaker? Hmm, killing people that have committed crimes and killing them without a trial. Who have we seen do that before and is a herald? So there, there I will say there's problems, but you don't know what those problems are yet. Not with Adolin, <laughs> with with Nail. There's there's certain things happening with Nail. But for a okay. proto Skybreaker, you better follow the law. If you're not following the law from the beginning, you don't deserve to be a Skybreaker. So I think I think that is probably the faction that Adolin does not fit of all uh, the so Night Radiants. He's a windrunner. Of of all the Night Radiance orders, Skybreaker is probably the least likely. Yeah, he didn't uh, file the proper paperwork to murder a high prince. <laughs> that, that's so Asian. Is he a bondsmith? He's a bondsmith then. Well, right now he's a himbo mancer. <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah, that's we true. made one up for him. The 11th medal uh, order of Knights Radiant. So he's not a windrunner. We know he's not a windrunner or a, uh, a Shalana knight. Um, for a reason that we'll see it in the last chapter. And tell me he's not a skybreaker, which means he's probably a skybreaker. Um, I'm guessing he's not a bondsmith, because you said that there's only one bondsmith. And maybe, like, what else do we have? We have Elsecaller. We have the thing that Taravangian's Radiant is. Um, and and the rest. So that's what he's got to be. Yep. And by and the rest, you, of course, mean the professor and Marianne. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> well, then wasn't the original song and the rest? Yeah. And then in and like, then the last season, they changed it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so what's an Eastern Rostrum? That's where the revel was. I think it's where the oath. That's where Kaladin meets them. They're like, uh, Adolin and Elokar are making their way to the Eastern Rostrum. Or, what is it? What is it? It's not called, that's not, not Rostrum. What do they call it? The Eastern Promenade or something? Eastern Palace Room. Anyway, Dreamy Kaladin beats them there. So he's like, took you long enough, nerds. And then more stuff happens. 
And then they get there. I think there is where the Oath Gate is. Or maybe there is where uh, Queen Aesudan is. Yeah, I think there is where the Queen is. And that's the end of Chapter 83. They got there. Chapter 84. Yeah, Chapter 84. The one you can save. Beard wrote on his bracelet. Singing Queen. Babby behind the curtain. Whoa, 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 so, whoa, whoa. Dave. What? Yeah. Dancing Queen is the ABBA song. No, it's a Baba song. Oh, yeah, it's Dancing Queen. I wrote that wrong. I was thinking of Dancing Queen, and I was wondering if anyone else would think of that. That's why I didn't rate it, because I wanted to see. All right, Babby Behind the Curtain. I hope it's not uh, Daniel Barrows from Clock Tower. That's the worst Babby Behind a Curtain I've ever seen. Oh, jeez. Sylphrena is a murderer. Typical Shallan saves the day and doesn't think she did anything. Shannat is not your enemy. If Kaladin makes the ground an arrow magnet, how come it's not a people magnet? Uh, and there's a bunch of emoji here. There's a magnet which is facing the wrong way, but I think it was facing the right way on my phone. Someone like sweating, someone doing a cartwheel, and someone kneeling down. Those are all the people that I would think be magneted to the ground when... Kaladin makes the ground a magnet. Sa is back. Remember, Sa? He's back. Whose mom is she? The backward spren will prevent the oath gate from operating. If Odemom is to be trusted, DK wants everyone to play nice all of a sudden, but no one hears him. And Sulfrena says something, but DK can't hear her. Hear her. L oath car. Destination. Destination. Come on. Destination. Moash, no. Bad Moash. Death before life. Drahi (laughs) and Scar save the day, sorta. Time to go, dreamy bridge boy. Uh, A lot happened in this chapter, let me tell you what. Someone should write some bullet points about it. So remember Beard and how he didn't write anything on his bracelet? Well, now that he knows Kaladin, he wrote stuff on his bracelet. But then he died. Uh, so I find Queen Aesudan, and she's like, she has bonded a negative spren or something. So she's whatever you call the opposite of a night radiant. Um, and then there's the, there's little baby Gav. Was he like three years old, they said? Yeah. What, whatever like three years old means in Roshar. And, you know, Elokar's there. He's like, I would save my family. And Kaladin's like, dude, your wife's long gone. Just get the kid out of here. So he's like, yeah, I, I, Captain Kaladin. And then, man, there's like the baby and he's like Spren or scaring the baby. So then Kaladin turns Sylphrena into a dagger and just like stabs this the Spren with her. And she's like totally not cool with it. And he's just like, eh, they had it coming. Oops. A little, uh, I don't know what happened. Why didn't you kill the little hand Spren? Just because they were scaring a baby. What do you guys say about that? Do you remember Shallan's art of the melting horses? The the wheel of seven horses melting together? Yeah. You remember that slash page? Or, nine, or 11 horses or nine horses or whatever it was? I think it was nine. That would make sense. That sounds kind of familiar, yeah. Uh, they were basically reenacting that for a baby who wasn't allowed to look away. Um, What is it like? In a, it's not appropriate for all ages? Right. They weren't just scaring the baby. They were, like, full-on torturing the baby. Uh, 
But yeah, anyway, apparently you can use a soul blade to stab Spren. Learn that. Although honestly, it's it's wasted effort. You can completely ruin a toddler's day by not letting the dog drive. Like, there's all sorts of ways to just completely ruin a toddler's day oh, that man. doesn't take effort. If I had a nickel for and every time my dog didn't drive, <laughs> no, and can't even reach the pedals. And again, how's he gonna grab the steering wheel with his balls? It's ridiculous. <laughs> no. Man, maybe he had it coming. Next scene. Shallan saves the day and doesn't think she did anything. It's like every character in this book, except Adolin, always has imposter syndrome. I think Wit has the opposite of imposter syndrome. Like, he doesn't do anything, but he thinks he's doing stuff. But then he also doesn't think he's doing stuff. Uh, Except he's like, he's like making fun of people. That's the opposite of imposter syndrome, isn't it? That is so true. Um... And then Xianad is not your enemy. That's the being inside the mirror. And she's like, don't turn on that oath gate. You're going to get, it's going to be bad. Later on, she's like, I'll try not to kill you. That was a further chapter of it. Yeah. So Kaladin's working on this, this uh, lashing. What is, is this a, is this a third degree reverse lashing to the 12th power or something where, Basically, what he did to his shield when it sucked in all those Parshendi arrows back in the first book, except now he's applying it to the ground so that all the arrows will be drawn down to the ground. But, like, he can do it so that they only draw arrows and not everything else, all the other matter that's around them. Oh, I mean, they do, but in the same way that, like, regular gravity works. Mm. But it's just, it's not strong enough to have an effect on anything with, like, enough mass. Okay, what? What? Just how so, it works, man. I don't know. Okay, so the force of gravity is applied to an arrow as it's airborne. So, like, I don't know, maybe if you shot an arrow across a hallway, I mean, if they're all, like, all the way across, like, a long corridor, maybe the arrow would fall, like, a foot from their initial uh, Y-coordinate. So if you doubled it, they'd fall, like, two feet. But then everybody would feel twice as heavy. So like somebody who's uh like like a hundred like wearing with with their armor on like two hundred pounds with armor. Now they're like four hundred pounds. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to make this work for you, man. This and seems like also, something you need like, to take up with Brandon. Which part of the floor is sucking people in? Is it like only applied to a point, like in the center of the hallway, or is it like the entire floor? Craig, so you want to try to take this because I don't. It, I don't have this it. This would probably like make the entire army like fall to the ground and start being dragged into the center of the floor. No, no, cool. It it works the way it does because it, it would be cooler if it worked the way that Brandon said it does. Next scene. Physics. <laughs> uh, Physics right. again. Remember Sha? He's back. That's the card playing daughter having Parchman. The oh, Kaladin I remember him. I like him. I kind of... Re- I remember him. I didn't remember his name. But Kaladin did, because he will remember those who have been forgotten. Now that's that's a different order. Oh, uh, sorry. Out of order. But can mm. you remember which order remembers people? Edge dancers. Good job. Yeah. What's my prize? I think it means you get to be an edge dancer. Ah, oh, yeah. That would be awesome. All right. Guys, so today... 
I went to the Renaissance Fair and they had a spear throwing booth and I was like, well, I have Ooh. to. And so I did. And uh, and I did a terrible job. Like I hit the targets, but none of the spears stuck. They just kind of bounced off. And um, anyway, so I was like, yeah, that's because I'm not a windrunner. I'm an edge dancer. And then I gave the bridge force the poor guy running the booth had no idea what was going on. Um, that's my story. You told him you were an edge dancer? No, I was like, bridge four, and did the salute. And he was uh, like, uh, okay. Bridge four. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Craig, you want to go to the Renaissance Fair this year and just say bridge four to everybody? We could cosplay <laughs> as Calvin. It would work, though. I'll be wit. It'll be funny. All right. I could have white hair, uh, a flute that I give away and never get back, even though the guy forgets he has it. You could throw sand uh, at people. <laughs> no, that was more an, a warbreaker wit thing. No, he totally threw more sand when he and Shalon were telling the story. Was he creating an awakening? Which investitures was wit using in the previous chapter? That is a good question. Yep. Uh, zinc. Maybe a little zinc in there. A little bit um, of writing. Awakening. Um, perfect pitch. Havingness. Um, classwork cognitive entitying. <laughs> That's my Do you favorite. even remember what that one is? <laughs> yeah, it's Nightblood. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait till Nightblood shows up. Dude, he'll sort this all out. No, he'll sword this all out. <laughs> oh, hey, no. a dumb case. Oh man. Alright, so apparently uh this this mirror lady is someone's mom. Whose mom is she? Is she like Odium's mom? Or is she one of the unmade's mom? No, she's she's the mom to all of the the messed up sprint. Oh, is this a night watcher? No. Is this day actor? All right. Now, uh, DK sees all the all of his friends on both sides just falling down and dying, and he's like, "Guys, stop fighting! Why are we fighting?" Donkey Kong. <laughs> but no one hears him because everyone's being too loud fighting. And Sulferna tries to say something. And he can't hear her because everyone's fighting too loud. And then Elokar starts saying some weird stuff, man. He starts going like, uh, like life before death, strength before weakness, journey before, and he can't remember the rest. And then there's a, there's a sword through his chest. And then spear, all sorry. of a sudden, Moash shows up. Our good boy Moash, man. Our we missed boy. him. Our what hero a, a come to save friend. the day. Look at him yeah. go. Moash will take care of that Moash. bad thing. Moash cuts right to the point. <laughs> Moash. Moash takes a... Uh, see, now Moash was trying to remind Elikar that the last word of the oath was destination by sending him to his final destination. But I think he drove the point home a little too hard. Wait, wait. He, he never did see eye to eye. Oh, no. Hey, he stabbed is, him in the eye like Sadius got stabbed in the eye. Are you going to talk about the worst part of what Moash does? Oh, and he does the bridge four salute like some douchebag that thinks he's in bridge four. The freaking bridge four salute. I said, go stop, Kaladin. We did it. <laughs> Peace out. Bridge four. So, Dave, life. Yeah. We, we've been waiting for you to get to this moment, and you are not allowed to look it up because, uh, okay. you know, there's there's been more books, but there is a subreddit that exists for how much people dislike Moash. 
I think it was created after this book, specifically after the scene. Yeah, uh, he was uh, it was pretty loathsome already after the second book. But man, he R- did, did it more. Uh, I will bleep myself. R slash F star 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 Moash. If you're in a no, you know about it. Um, I have a star in a URL. Unless you well, mean the no, word star. It's, 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 the, it's the curse word, swear word. That <laughs> There's no out. swear words that start with star. Come on, Craig. <laughs> There's no swearing on Reddit. So, uh, yeah, this this is the creation of that and why people hate Moash. I mean, it's sort of understandable because we know he, why he wanted to kill Elokar, but it's the fact that he does the bridge for salute like he thinks he's one of them afterwards, despite, you know, everything Kaladin and Moash discussed at the end of the previous book and and everything else. Like, it's just, just no, no, well, Moash. Hold up, hold up. Everything they discussed was a few seconds of, hey, you should stop doing this. And then they haven't seen each other since. Compared yeah. to months and months and months of, hey, man, I'm going to kill the king. You want to help me kill the king? Let's kill the king. But Moash, uh, not Moash, anyone else in Bridge 4 would listen to Kaladin if he says, don't do that. They they won't do that. Like, if it's like an actual legit order and not just goofing around. But not Moash, because Moash yeah, thinks... You know how much Kaladin loves to goof around. Because Moash <laughs> thinks he's better than everyone else. And and he... he and and it's sort of talked about else. in the previous book that Moash sees himself as an equal to Kaladin rather than as subordinate. Um, he, he never viewed himself like... And I think that's why Kaladin was originally drawn to Moash, because um, Moash tr- treated him like a friend. It's just... He's a bad friend. <laughs> so... Especially well, and, King Elokar. Moash is still he's still trying to to be that friend. He feels like Kaladin is is bound by his oaths. Like Kaladin knows the king is bad, and uh, but because he's you know so honorable, he can't do what Moash views as the right thing. So uh, Moash is kind of viewing this as like you know he's he's he has to do it because Kaladin can't. Like it, he was it saying the words. He was about to. He was about to be somebody. If he had said destination, he would have been able to heal, too. That's there the would have been, part. There would have been an explosion of light. He would have gotten, like, all these awesome powers. And we would have had Elokar, like, saving the day. It well, would have actually been sort of awesome. Hold up, hold up, hold up. No, we wouldn't. We would not have gotten an explosion of power. He was already healing a little bit. There's There's a whole bit where he's, like, glowing with stormlight. Yeah, and, and Moesh uh, stands over him until the stormlight fades, like just making sure. Yeah, but but isn't when Kaladin first says the the very first ideal? There's the like second this, ideal, not the first the first one too. That's when nope. he gets like all the arrows to target him at that point in his shield. Second right? ideal. But something happens after he says the first ideal. Oh, I guess he says first and the second at the same time, doesn't? Well, the the second ideal is. Like right as he as he goes to like fight all the Parshendi to save Dalinar. What what you're thinking of is him just using a bunch of stormlight. There there's no explosion of power. In my mind, there would have been an explosion of power, and and you can't fault yeah. that. In the movie version, there will be an explosion <laughs> of power. No, there will be a death. That's in, what will happen in the movie and scene. In the movie version, there will be so many explosions of power. <laughs> oh man, like. like- 
full on Dragon Ball with the fist clenched at the sides and the hair flying up and be like, guys, Elokar has been trying. He was starting to get better. He was starting to listen and and work with others and not just be an idiotic king. Like he was trying. He didn't have Tindwill to, to help him along the way. But gosh darn it, he, he was trying. And Moash is a jerk. Yeah, he had an actual royal upbringing instead, which Ellen did not have. Uh, so I have a few questions. Um, how did Moash get there? I mean, the uh, why, why are attacking. Is there? Why is he there? Because he's and with the Parshendi. how did he know to be there? Or the Parshman, not the Parshendi. He's with the Parshman. I understand why Moash is at uh, Kolinar. I don't understand why Moash is in the palace. To because... stab a king. Yeah, he thought the king was there. And hey, look, he was right. Why did he think the king was there? Where else did would he hear... a king? He doesn't know what uh, Elokar has been doing. Huh? He doesn't know what Elokar has been doing. He figured it's the palace. Well, why it's Kolinar. If he has such a low opinion of Elokar, did he think Elokar would be like storming the capital to go take his homeland back? No, well, no he... just the, the parchment of like the fuse are leading the army to take Kolinar right then. And Moash was, you know, in their army. And I, I don't think he knew Elokar was there. Maybe he was going to get the queen. Like, let's capture the queen so Elokar will do something. I'm saying there are, there, there may be reasons for him to be there, but but what are they? Like, if I'm, Elokar if I'm Moash, if I, Moash, I was just kind of like, huh, that's cool. I'm like a ladder boy. Used to be a bridge boy. Now I'm a vertical bridge boy. That's kind of funny. Oh, we're where, going to where, else, where else are all the light eyes going to be? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No so he's just, he just wants to kill some light eyes. That I can accept. He doesn't expect to find King Elokar there, but he's like, oh, we're going to kill some light eyes today. I could see that. The, the higher ranking the light eyes, the more he wants to kill them. So he went in there to get some captains and lords and stuff, and he got he got the king. Yeah, maybe he just got lucky. You know, hey, free king. What <laughs> happened to the people that were supposed uh, to guard Elokar? Uh, well, I don't they know. Were Did they, get a, they were busy they probably having a mental died. breakdown at the time. Yeah, there's a lot of fracas, malarkey, chaos, massacring. So I could see it. And, and remember, just... Moash is like as good with a spear as Kaladin. So he can just... probably take down an entire squad by himself. It stinks because like I, I was kind of starting to consider maybe liking Elokar. Yep. Well, now you can't. Yeah, and we know he's dead because we saw his. Uh, his we saw the, the the sword. That's how. That's like as good as a dead body in this world. That's body crime, Sean. Body person crime. Person died. The sword appeared. And then you know. There's no coming back from the sword appearing. Body crime, Sean. All right. So what about what about Drahi and Scar? What do they do? They save the day, sorta. They use their like. Squire powers. It says that they're radiance, but I think I don't know. I think it's just a description because they're they're not are they're not full on radiance at this point, are they? They are I not. They, they had some honor sprint checking them out, but but yeah, they use some they use some of that windrunner goodness and and get her done. Is that what and, we're calling windrunner radiant abilities? Is get her done? <laughs> yeah, that's the fifth ideal. Get her done. We're 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 turning them into Larry the Cable. I don't want I don't want to be part of that. I don't want Kaladin to be Larry the Cable guy. Come on, man. Not Kaladin, just the Squires. I don't want that either. 
I don't want Larry the Cable Guy in my epic fantasy. Time to go to chapter 85, dreamy bridge boy. Grieve later. Do it anyway. Anything else from chapter 85? What does that even mean? (laughs) If you, you know. (laughs) Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah, please do. What does it mean? Uh, I think it means that Dave read this real late last night. This is, so this is when they activate the escape yeah, platform. Before, I finished yesterday afternoon before even going to work. But I don't know what's going on. All I remember is there is a Kaladin logo at the beginning of this chapter. And we had one scene with an Adolin perspective and one scene with a Shallan perspective. And I'm like, why is there a Kaladin logo? Kaladin's barely in this chapter and it's not even from his perspective. Um, Dave, so in on the Oath, uh, sorry, on the Copper Mine... It's Adolin's chapter logo, not Kaladin. So maybe that's an error, a misprint. Uh, I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. Did we start the episode yet? Welcome back. This is chapter 85. Chapter 85. Grieve later. Spears. Okay, yeah. That oh, wow. some, someone messed up. It yeah, might have been. Uh, my whole point is maybe <laughs> there is a misprint in your copy of the book. Can I get money for it? No, it's just a logo. All right. I mean, I, I when I look at my e ebook, I'll, I'll let you know. But I'm behind. I'm way behind. Okay. But anyway, um, the point of the chapter is do it anyway. So this is where they activate the oath gate, despite Saja not saying don't activate the oath gate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shalon tries to tries to pass on the warning, and uh, Adolin's like, "Well, we're gonna die if we stay here." So. Let's let's walk into the trap anyway. That'll be better. You wanna you wanna trust that stinky old spren that's probably an unmade or whatever? And yeah, that's it for chapter eighty five. Okay. So I cheated and read it read ahead slightly, and I have an answer to Dave's first question here. What was my question? For chapter eighty six. Oh, what order is Sapphire? Windrunner. Okay. So chapter eighty six is titled That Others May Stand. And the epigraph. Uh, it, it's it, it dawned on me upon reading this epigraph that hey, the different gem names of the different drawers probably correspond to different orders. But I'm not gonna go back and read them. Well, luckily Mike has done that for us. And I was wrong for like four of them. And luckily, the internet on Coppermine has also done it for us. And that's how we figured out Mike was wrong. But he was mostly right. Three of them. Three of them I got wrong. It's not t- you know what? Three out of ten, not bad. Three out of eight. That's a, that's a 70. Well, no, eight, two of them But there's three. ten orders. But two aren't listed. Oh, that's fair. Anyway, continue. Uh, chapter 85 is done. So chapter 86, blah, blah, blah. Talonar remembers some stuff. We probably have read about that at some point. Mm, Taravangian and Dalinar are the sacrifices, trudging through dirty waters that society may be clean. The capital has fallen and... <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got Tripper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your so noise for... gate was doing some really weird stuff there. Like, I could see you laughing and I could hear very, very small parts of it. So it, for those who don't know what Dave is laughing at, uh, go watch the first email, strong bad email. I- IQ, Brian Rietta, Hamsar. Chapter 87. Uh, yeah, so after the capital has fallen and we go to chapter 87. This place 
Adolin is dying. Big pattern, big Solfrena, and big raggedy end with scratched out eyes are here. And that's the end of uh, this part. Got some interludes coming up at you. How, how big are they? I think they're normal size, but then there's also like super giant size spren. They're like regular human size, aren't they? Yep. They are indeed human size. And Azure hates this place. Yeah. It's probably because she saw Wit here riding on a corpse. Azure also hates Monday. Okay. So would you like to know uh, what order is attached to what gem? In case you feel like going back and rereading the epigraphs from this chapter. Probably in or the Ars Arcanum, right? Section. They are not. Oh. Nah, just write it down and mail it to me. That sounds like 20, a lot of work. The, write it on the back of a $20 bill and send it to me. Like, we could just pull up the discussion that we had um, and just copy when we... I don't even remember where that discussion is, but we can we can copy that out. Oh, I'm I'm looking right at it. I could copy and paste it, but... I'd rather just tell it to Dave so that he'll forget it. <laughs> nice. Forget it. I've already forgotten it, and you haven't even told me yet. This is a great plan. <laughs> All right, maybe well, our listeners at home would like a refresher. Maybe they would. So the gems are Topaz, uh, which is for the Stone Wards, Sapphire for the Windrunners, Emerald for the Truth Watchers, Zircon for the Else Callers, Amethyst for the Will Shapers, do Garnet for the Lightweavers, uh, Smokestone for the Skybreakers, Ruby for the Dustbringers, Diamond for the Edge Dancers, and Heliodor for the Bondsmiths. You said Bondsmiths, plural? Yeah. There can be up to three. They, they, we were oh, told that's this. That's right, because there's Storman and Storm Uncle. Yep, yep. There can be more than one. <laughs> so... Preservation had 16 medals, and Honor has 10 gems. What does that tell us? That Preservation can count higher than Honor, and might have more fingers. What's a will shaper? What is a will shaper? Rafo. Maybe that's what Adolin is. Maybe. I mean, you know most of them. We know Windrunners. Um, You know Else... Wait, yeah, you know Else Callers, because of Yasna. You know Truth Watchers, because of Renarin. Dustbringer is the, the one that uh, Taravangian brought with them. Uh, you know Skybreakers. Oh, maybe that's this Raggedy Andal as a Dustbringer. You know Edge Dancers, you know Lightweavers, you know Bondsmiths. Like, you know actually most of them. Um, so, all right, so this Raggedy Andspren, it's like, pro- there's got to be a third Radiant here, probably. That's why there's a third Spren in with the group. Except her eyes are weird. Except her eyes are weird. So, with scratched out eyes. So, uh, you know, which ra- which Radiant Order is blind? Probably Renarin, the Else Callers, because he has to wear glasses until he doesn't when he becomes a Radiant. So you're saying Renarin just suddenly appeared in, in the group here? No, I'm saying that this friend probably is bonded to Azur or is trying to bond with Adolin. But I'm trying to decide which order. Oh, okay. She's well, probably part of. So maybe, it's probably not an edge dancer. Well, we'll never see them again, so you'll never get to more of a description of her. To figure uh, out. What's a stone ward? You mean stone warden? That's, stone ward is Taln, Talonel's order. Okay. So think of Taln, and that's a stone ward. Does he have his eyes scratched out? We got to see them in one of uh, Dalinar's flashback 
episodes. This could also be the sprint that was trying to bond with Elokar. Or did the sprint? No. When when does the bonding happen? When they say the the truths or the oaths? Say the or words. The words. Got to say the words. Yeah. Um. Elokar was one word off. Nuts. Well, in English, but maybe in Alethi, it's you know, destination is like a compound word that's like three words long. No, Craig had it. It's journey before nuts. <laughs> Wait. Uh, oh, that's canon now. Any questions about the rest of part three? How angry on a scale from one to ten, with ten being most angry, are you at Moash? What's what's your what's your hatred level of Moash? One being not hated, ten <laughs> yeah. being most hated. Uh, how does six. how does he rank against Zane? Six. Like where where is he in the I list of pe- people we dislike? Like let's let's rank. All right, I all of I the hate people. Zane more. Okay. Um, but like Moash was at least likable, you know. Uh, Zane wasn't. He's uh, you know, like probably Sadius. I probably hate more. Once we get to guy. Rhythm of War, we've got a whole taxonomy for a few people that we'll we'll bring you in on. Yeah, tax no taxonomy without the economy. All right. Well, shall we go into spoiler time? Let's shall. All yes, right. Please. So my favorite thing about this week's chapters was um, when we found out that uh, Adolin was actually this order all along. Right, guys? Say it all out loud with me. Yeah. <laughs> you should put this after the spoiler break input. <laughs> it's good. What's the doing the spoilers? <laughs> Alright, I'm leaving for real now. Sorry to trick you all. Bye. Okay, Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Uh, so Dave has crucially forgotten a spren that they brought with them. Yep, don't worry, he'll figure it out eventually, because the book will tell him. Yeah, it's it's going to come right out and be like, oh, by the way, this is fill in the blank. Yep, oh, I this, was this is your sharp blade. I was crazy oblivious to like what kind of spren Maya was for so long, even though like it it outright like gives you the exact description of like, yeah, she's made of a bunch of vines. And what else do we know? That's vines. It's vines. Hey, stupid. It's vines. <laughs> well, so you mostly get that information from his sword. So you have to sort of pay attention to wait the way his sword looks and also the description of her with her hair because her hair is most fine. Yeah. And yeah, Azure pointedly didn't bring his friend with her. Hmm. How about that? What does that mean, Mike? Uh, that means her friend's a robot and stays as a sword. Right. So this is like information right here that we know her sword is closer to Nightblood than anything else. She is not a Night Radiant. She didn't bond with the spren. She's not using a shard blade because it's not a dead spren. It is a it is an artificial spren, as you said. Her sword is a robot. And um Elicar's spren shows back up and gets a new friend gets a new friend at the end of the book. He yeah, becomes... but good, good on Dave to be like, maybe that's the one that Elicar was about to bond. 
Yeah, he, he is thinking about it. It's good that he's paying attention to that because I didn't really understand what was happening. Um, honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, guys. When I read these chapters on my own, I was a little bit in disbelief. Like it was sort of happening, and I was like, "Is this really real, or is this like, is this like a weird like pseudo dream sequence?" Like I couldn't believe that like Moash just appears out of nowhere that. He kills the king when he was about to say the words like I just could not believe any of this was happening. Um, so when I first read this, I wasn't sure if this was actually real. And I wasn't paying attention that, yes, he was about to say the words and what happened to his friend. Like, I wasn't even thinking about it. I'll, I'll be honest, like Dave picking up on that. Kudos to him. Oh, we had a whole conversation in spoiler discussion that we typed out that we don't need to anymore. We could we could say it out loud with words. Sure. Uh, so... Blah, blah, blah. So we, we were discussing uh, Dave's words, talking about the description of Maya. Uh, Maya is the name of the sprint with the eyes scratched out. And we were sort of like, hmm, I wonder if what Dave said is correct. And basically, there's connections that Dave could have made. Like, we know of a herald that's scratching up her depiction on different pieces of art. That's Shalat, uh, Shalash. Um, Who Shalon is named for. Who Shalon is named for, who is the patron of light weavers. So you could make the connection that the Spring is a light weaver one, which would actually lend credence to it being Elokar Spring. Uh, but that is not the case because we'll get a description of her, I think, in the next chapter when we when we return to them. And uh we'll find out that that's actually Adolin's sword. Yep. And also, uh Tori asked why Shalash actually cuts her depiction out. And right. Well, I, I just thought of it just now. So I haven't really given this theory a lot of like I haven't researched it or anything, but you get that description of Maya with the scratched out eyes. And we know that all of the former uh, Radiant Spren, um from from that time period, they all have scratched out eyes. And uh, we know that Shalash, the Herald, whenever she finds a depiction of herself, she scratches out the eyes. So I wondered if maybe that was some kind of like, um, you know, maybe she disagrees with that whole thing. And this is her form of protest. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm not very articulate today, but like, I wondered if um, that was related. Well, so we know we get to see an interaction between Shalash and Talon later on. I don't, Is it this book or is it in the next book? I thought it was this book. I think we get a little here and then more in Rhythm of War. So she does feel legitimately bad that she basically left town to be tortured for 4,500 years. So I, I think there's a huge component of that. But keep in mind that all of the Heralds, as their cognitive spren, their their mind is sort of breaking apart. Um, so they go crazy a little bit. And that just might be the manifestation uh, of her craziness a little bit. Like she she's acting. She's taking actions based on on that thought how how much how she feels and i think in general cognitive shadows are susceptible to having a certain intent and and they sort of embrace that intent after a while and this is how shalash this is her intent and this is how it's manifesting itself and then yeah we were also talking about like also as craig pointed out she's crazy yeah there's there is that because you know she's a really really old cognitive shadow and that's not good for you um but I brought up vitamins, man. I brought up that she'll probably bond as a Dustbringer because we know she's going to be a viewpoint character. She'll have a book. And... Maya, Maya has a book. 
No, Shalash. Oh, Shalash. Okay. Oh, you're saying Shalash will will bond as a Dustbringer. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Maya would make Adolin be a Dustbringer, and I was a little bit confused. No, that wouldn't make any sense. I know. I, that's why I was confused. No, I was saying that Shalash will likely bond as a Dustbringer once we get to her book, because we know the order of everybody else who gets a book, basically. And we don't have a Dustbringer, so... Yeah. Mm. Unless Tom does, and then Shalash no. decides to become a stone warden? Stone ward? Nah. I, I think I think Talon is definitely a shoo-in for the stone wards. You, you bring up a good point, but there is a small chance that we just don't get a book per order. So far, we've gotten one book per order, so it'd be really weird if we are just missing one of them. But then we need to either double up on one or we get a viewpoint book for somebody who isn't a Radiant, which would also be weird. Sorry, Brandon, but you're just going to have to write a book 11. Maybe that was his plan all along. Do we have anything else? I don't really yes. have anything. You do? Oh, I have stuff. Okay. Is so. It, is it about how this whole section this week is super duper downer and how the entire next part of the book is them is giving them so much time to just dwell on how much what just happened sucked. No, but you just said that, so looks like you did have something else to, to talk about. Chapter eighty-two: The Girl Who Stood Up. The relevance of this story: the girl who stood up is human. It is the humans coming to Roshar, leaving sh the the Shinovar Valley, even though they were only supposed to stay there when they came to this planet. It is it is their story. And we find out later on in the book that it was humans that were void bringers the whole time. Humans are alien invaders. Yep, exactly correct. Who were placed on a reservation and then they broke out and ruined everything, basically. Um. Anyway, so there's that. Um. And then there was something else as well. We talked about Maya. Uh, Elokar was going to say the words. He was going to be a cryptic. Dave still hasn't figured out who Azure is. There was one other thing I wanted to talk about. I don't know if it was our hatred of Moash, but we already talked about that. Is it Zeth's Police Academy 6, Now We're Flying? Does Zeth pop up in these chapters? Yeah, he's in He's in part four. He's the well, good no. part of part four. I'm talking about the chapters we just read. Oh, no, he's not in those. I want to talk. I want to talk about spoiler time for these chapters, not not about the future chapters. Ah, oh, that's right. It was in the epigraphs. Aha, the fourth ideal, chapter eighty-six. My friend claims that recording this will be good for me, so here I go. Everyone says I will swear the fourth ideal so soon, and in so doing, earn my armor. And then it continues about. How, am I not supposed to want to help people? But this is a, a windrunner specific thing. So firstly, I want to point out, because I feel like people make this mistake, everyone's ideals are different and unique to them. They have similar theming, like all the Windrunners, the, all the second ideal has a certain theme to it. All the third ideals have a similar theme to it, but it is specific to the person. Tef's third ideal, is it the third or second that he's, whatever one that we hear it is different than the words that Kaladin said because it's specific to Teft himself. Uh, it's, I will protect those I hate, even if the one I hate is myself. Yeah, which is different than Kaladin's, who is like, I will protect those uh, 
I, I will, you know, I will. I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember the experts, but he'll protect anyone, uh, even if he doesn't like them. Essentially, where the Lopin's third ideal is, he just needs to tone it down a little bit. Just, just calm down, man. <laughs> yep, that's no, exactly what it was is. Like, uh, I, I will protect uh, people from myself. Yep, yep. So it's everyone is unique because I feel like that's a problem when I read the subreddit because they're like, let's figure out the ideals. And I'm like, it's specific to the person. And like, we might get a hint of what it could be, but it doesn't it doesn't really necessarily mean anything. But anyway, in this case, we do know because of the sap- the sapphire color that uh, this is a windrunner who, you know, wants to help slash protect other people and the fourth ideal is something about not being able to protect everyone we do get to see Kaladin Kaladin squaring the fourth oath eventually uh for the fourth ideal I'm sorry um and I want to look up the words for that exactly I accept and, that there will be those I cannot protect so and the way his armor works is super cool and I get windrunner armor I do not understand most other orders armor at least until I get to actually see them I, I think the armor is a reflection of the Order's ideals. So the Windrunner armor, it can protect other people because that's what he does. And it could be super cool, like splitting apart and forming others. It's made up of Windspren. Windspren are very mobile. So I think it just adds to that. I suspect Edge Dancer armor has something to do with friction in some way because they're all about slippy slidey goodness. Um, yeah, but they can... Edge Dancer armor is just a leotard. It's like one of those, <laughs> like one of those Olympic figure skater outfits, like ta da, sparkly. Yeah, plus, they're oiled up. But even then, they can just do that by themselves. Like, well, no, no, I, I'm just saying, I don't know exactly what it is, but it probably has so, something. So the the Edge Dancer armor is where they get the sparkly part. Like maybe it has a way of spreading the the frictionlessness around. I don't know, man. All I'm saying, it probably specific to the order and is related in some way to either that their ideals or it boosts their powers in some way. I'm just all I'm saying is I don't get the point of most of the orders having armor. I get Windrunners because we've seen that work. We've seen how it works. It's it works for them. What what does Yasna's armor do that her being a radiant already doesn't cover? Right. I mean, it lets her wade into combat like a badass. She could already heal with Stormlight if she didn't need it. That doesn't make it a good waste of Stormlight. Now like, she doesn't have to use her Stormlight for healing because right. she, can get, she can take a hit. I, I think I think you're getting hung up on the fact that it's armor. Like, I think you need to separate that out. They call it armor, but it's sort of an augmentation. Think of it more like uh, some kind of accessory or power boost. Not necessarily a piece of armor. It just, that's what it appears to be. Because again, these are made up of Spren who are cognitive entities. So that's just sort of the reflection of what it looks like. But that doesn't mean that's what it does. Okay, I'm saying that I need to see what it does to get the point. Yeah, we want to see more stuff. More stuff is cool. And I'm having trouble thinking of a way for it to function for almost every other order, basically. Anyway, uh, I, I think we had this, this discussion before, and actually I want to touch upon Yasna's uh, being an else color. I think it would be really cool if her armor lets her turn into like sort of um, uh, what's the, what's the, the creature? It's like a phase beast or something, uh, which a type of creature that can phase, 
you know, between different realms. So it's sort of unfazed. Therefore, uh, swords and weapons and things like that will go through it. But then it can also manifest itself physically um, and just sort of like being in that weird partial half state. Like, yes, Yasna is an else caller. She can therefore travel into the cognitive realm and use Ooh, that to travel. She, she but what be, if it's she'd be fighting like Nightcrawler in that one X-Men movie? Yes, exactly. That. Yeah. It might it might be that. Well, we sure didn't see any of it in the one scene we got over. No, the one scene we got though was pretty cool. Anyway, I can't remember what else I wanted to to talk about. It was when Dave was talking. Um, we'll have to see what he yeah, thinks of was, the of Maya. There was a specific part where I was like, "Hmm, we should just circle back to this in spoiler time," but I didn't say it out loud, and I know if I did, we would have remembered it. Was it about I don't know, it was like I I didn't I didn't want to clue Dave into the part where there were spoiler things related to whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Was you it about Abba? <laughs> Probably not. Was it about Queen Asudon? No, I don't recall. How about the unmade that she ate? No, that's not ringing any bells. Cuz Amram eats it later and then Rock kills him. Oh uh, yeah. So Saja Nut, she 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 tells them about how there there were traps, how she doesn't want to work with Odium anymore. So she's she wants to be one of the the Team Radiant side, and it's like we don't. I mean, I still don't know if we can trust Saja Nut, but she at least was correct that this was trapped, and instead of just flat out killing them, they get sent into the cognitive realm. So she's telling the truth. And she also has been in discussions with Renarin, given that he has a um, enlightened spren. So I don't know. Can we trust Saja Nut, guys? I trust her. Or do you think she's playing a, a long con and she's actually on Odium's side? Nope. I'm on board with Ja Nut, Keeper of Secrets. Okay. And I would Sorry. like to. I would like to see more enlightened radiance. I, I want to see how they change because. Renarin's truth watcherness is different than other truth watchers. Like I don't know if in general truth watchers can look to the future or if that's specifically because Renarin has a weird spring. I have to assume they they do. Like the name is nonsense if they can't, right? Well, th they could be like um like how we've seen Malatium where it's actually a view of the past or looking at someone's identity and seeing how their choices could be could have made them a different person. Like, it could be that view. Like, that just could be what they normally do. And Renarins can look to the future, a la ATM. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I'd like to be done. You guys want to be done? Oh, sure. yeah, let's be done. Okay. Bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.